Hey, Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Magnify Learning brings project-based learning workshops to schools across the country because we believe every child deserves to be a part of an inspiring story. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, the PBL Playbook Podcast will equip you with the stories, resources, and trainings you need to bring project-based learning to your school. If you want me to answer your PBL question on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome to today's podcast. Today's podcast is going to be all about mindset. We're going to talk to Marianne Renner, who is a mindset and leadership coach. But before we do that, I want to plug the Magnify Learning workshops. We do a three-day workshop. We don't do one-day workshops, unless it's connected to a three-day workshop. You can't do PBL, project-based learning, in one day, because it's really about a mindset, which is why I'm really excited to have Marianne on the show. So we do three days because you get immersed in project-based learning. You start to understand the mindset of inquiry and growth mindset and what project-based learning is really all about. Sure, there's nuts and bolts, there's resources. We have all those. We give you all those in the workshop. You get those ongoing as you head back to your classroom and your school. But really, we want you to understand the mindset of creating a learner-centered environment. And the best way that we know how to do that is to create a project-based learning environment. So when you come to a workshop, you literally sit through an entry event to start I say sit, but you're really up, moving around, you're engaged, you're creating a PBL unit for your classroom and for your grade level. So you're totally bought in. You get an entry event that says, hey, you're going to create a PBL unit in three days and then you're going to present it to an authentic audience. And you get to feel a little bit of the anxiety that learners feel, but you also feel the authenticity because then we go into need to knows and we create customized workshops for every question that you have. Nobody leaves with a question in their pocket. As you do that, you're creating your PBL unit. So on day three, you're ready to present your PBL unit idea to community partners, to other staff, to administrators, maybe superintendents, maybe learners. We've had all of those people, all those audiences for our participants. So in that three-day workshop, you're really getting mindset work, not just a few tools and resources that you can use. You get tools and resources too. You get editable rubrics, you get editable group contracts, all those pieces that make a project-based learning classroom successful, you get all those, but it's really the mindset that we want you to pull out of that. So that's my transition right into talking to Marian Renner, who is a mindset and leadership coach. Uh, I think you're absolutely going to love this interview with Marianne. She has a ton of energy, positivity, and she has the right mindset that you'll want as you go into the classroom and into your school. All right, PBL Playbook Podcast audience, we are in for another treat. Uh, we have Marion Renner with us, and she is a transformational leadership coach. So she's got a book that's out. She works with leaders um, in coaching, but just recently she's been showcased on a TEDx stage. So I was like, Marion, you have to get on the podcast to share some of these things with us. Uh, Marion, thanks for being on the show with us. Ryan, thank you so much. I feel so honored to be here and I'm really grateful. So thank you. Yeah. So excited to see you on the TEDx stage. That was awesome. 
where you can share your story and really inspire people, which is your sweet spot, is that inspiration and mindset. Uh, So we're going to dive into that. Can we start right there with the TEDx event? Can you give us kind of a a quick version of that? What's the best way to communicate that to the audience? Yeah, absolutely. My TEDx talk is really about overcoming fear and doubt and resistance. Um, And I share a story that, you know, it's interesting um, you know, speaking to educators, because I, I share a story about how a group of kids taught me uh, some lessons in overcoming self-doubt and resistance and worry. Um, years ago, I, I was an aerobics instructor, it was just an evening hobby that I had. And I was found myself at the forefront of this newest craze called hip hop aerobics. Um, and now I know your audience can't see me, but I do not look like I just stepped out of the hip hop scene, but, um, it started to attract lots of kids because I was teaching at the local YWCA. So we were just, these were a group of kids that didn't fit in. Um, they didn't have opportunity or come from privileged backgrounds at all, which is an understatement actually. And, uh, we just like to hang out and dance and we received an invitation to compete in the National Junior Olympics, which was a huge event, huge national event with, you know, privileged kids from across the country. And so um, I was resistant and fearful and doubtful. No way we can't do that. You know, and the kids were just like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) And they were really great teachers um, to me and how to just jump in. You know, kids do that. They just see something they want to do and they just dive right in. So I talk about how to, you know, when did we as adults lose that ability and how can we get more of that back in our lives to bring more richness and fullness uh, in the world around us? I love that because you've got this youthful energy and optimism, right? That doesn't realize that the Junior Olympics is a big deal. Like, let's just do it. Why wouldn't we? As adults, our first thing is like, well, you know, what if they fail? They'll be heartbroken. Like they'll be embarrassed. Like we've got to shield them from that. But your kids were like, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. They, they just, I tried to talk them out of it. Like, you know, and I'm thinking, yeah, what if we get laughed at? So, so these are, by the way, aren't these all the things that we think when, when there's something in our lives that we deep down really want to do, don't we start thinking, what are people going to think? What are people going to say? What if I get humiliated? You know, should I should I speak up at that meeting? Should I say what I'm thinking? You know, somebody asked me at a meeting, does anybody have any thoughts on that? Should I say what I'm thinking? Right? Don't don't we do that same thing? And kids don't do that. Right. I love that. So are you going to are you going to tell us what happens at the end of this? Or do we does the audience have to wait for that TED Talks? And we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, so you don't have to. You can leave it a cliffhanger if you want. I will. I will. Because you know what? You've got to listen to this story is mind blowing. It is. And, and I'm being, I'm being selfish right now, Marion, because I've heard the story and I love it. Yeah. And so I keep it a secret. Our podcast audience, the, the link will be in the show notes. And if you've never hit a link in any of our show notes before, like this is the one you have to hit. And here's why. Because when you're in, your, in the classroom, you know that you're always looking for engagement, right? When I was in that eighth grade classroom, Southwest side of Indianapolis, trying to get kids engaged. I love these little inspirational videos that can jump in there and they just speak volumes that we can't always as the teacher in the front or the side of the class. So this is going to be one that your learners will be a hundred percent engaged in. 
You're going to love it. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah, I mean, we can keep it a secret. Let me just let me just I'll tee it up, you know, and then I'll save I'll save the the ending. But listen, this is a competition that drew names historically like Shaquille O'Neal, track legends like Carl Lewis, Jackie Joyner, Kersey. I mean, this was you know next stop Olympics, you know, for a lot of these athletes. And uh, you know, we were just some scruffy. These are some scruffy kids, and you know, just really a group of kids, including myself, that didn't really belong anywhere. And we would be competing against kids from around the country with every privilege money could buy, and took private dance lessons all their lives. Here's us. We, you know, I'd never had dance training in my life. I mean, we'd be competing against kids who were being trained by these elite, uh, you know, professional ballerinas and. You know, we just walked in and we had our hip hop gear and just kind of schlepping in with our hip hop swagger. And there were kids everywhere that were serious athletes. And so we were to say underdogs is an is an understatement of the century. Yeah. And um, but, you know, you know what 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 it was, Ryan, was we just stayed focused on our passion and we stayed focused on our purpose. There you go. That's those are words that our audience has heard before. Like that is a thread that goes throughout our podcast is, you know, live your why, know your passion, know your purpose, and and make that the forefront so the rest of your work has more impact. So that's your teaser audience. And you're so you're gonna want to hit that. Now, now Marianne works with educators across the country. Uh, we actually were I actually got to do a training with Marianne so I could be there and learn from it. And it was awesome. That was so fun. And the part that I really appreciate, Marianne, about your work is it's not just like use this tool, right? And it'll fix your whole classroom. It's like, let's work on mindset and change process so that, you know, even when we're not in the room with you, you're growing. And we've got a lot of leaders on this call too. So they're going to, they're going to get that too. So as you're working with educators, what are you hearing from them right now? And kind of what advice do you give to them? So I think you know what I would say, and this probably isn't going to be news to the listeners, but the number one thing that I'm hearing over and over is there is unprecedented and overwhelming change happening at such a, a fast rate that that educators and are experiencing change fatigue, and and leaders in education, the t- classroom educators, the students, the parents, everybody. It, there's such change fatigue and it, and it's there's a cause and effect so it's a twofold answer the change fatigue then is triggering so much uh anxiety depression um the fear you know the things that we started to talk about at the beginning of the podcast and so i'm really talking a lot of giving them tools to navigate through change to help themselves right as as uh, ed- leaders in education we're wearing two hats we've got to lead others through change. And we've got to lead ourselves because we have the same reactions and responses. Yeah, that's right. That's per- I think that's perfect. Because when I say like, we don't want to just give people tools, you're giving us tools, you're giving the educators tools, but it's not to like figure out how to best teach compound sentences or slope intercept form. It's like, if we're better and we're healthy, we bring that healthiness to our classrooms and we're more effective. Right. Because you don't, you know, you can't, check your feelings at the door. You don't, you know, the minute you walk in the classroom or you walk into the office, you just sort of hang up what's going on inside you on the coat rack and then walk in. Um, and so it, it informs everything that we do. Uh, I just, I just had a, an interaction earlier today with a real high performing leader who was just 
you know, not behaving very well, but I knew where it was coming from. And I knew it really didn't have anything to do with the matter at hand, that there was something deeper going on. And so we really dive deep into understanding the self-awareness is the first key. Once you have awareness, then you can change the way you behave. You can change your choice, but only after you have that awareness. And as we're modeling that, right, as the adults in the classroom or, you know, in these kids' lives, right, we're showing them that they can do those same things, right? So as you're, do you, do you hear that from educators that you're working with? Like, oh, this was so great for me. I used it with my learners in the classroom. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what's so great about these tools, they're, they're pretty simple um, because I'm a firm believer that simple works, right? The more company you can think about any diet or exercise program you've ever run on. If it's complicated, you do it for a day and then you drop it. So um, the, yeah, the discussions that we're having um, kind of go deep and then the tools are simple that leaders can use them um, classroom educators can use them for themselves. They can teach them to their students uh, and, and even parents. Love it. And we'll have links to some of these tools that Marianne's talking about. We'll have them in the show notes. So you can you can grab those. And again, it's going to be good for your soul and it's going to be good for your, your learners. And as those things are in alignment, we know that we have greater impact on lives and we can create more opportunities. So Marianne, as you're thinking through the work you're doing with educators, and then as you're reflecting on this TEDx talk that you've had, this like takes you back to this time where you're with, with these learners, like what's one gift that you would give every kid in the classroom? You know, Ryan, I think what I would say is that you have a choice, that you have a choice in the thoughts that you think. There's so much that's out of our control, right? So when we're talking about the change, so much change, everything's coming at us that's outside of our control. And we tend to focus on all of those things outside our, our control because they cause the greatest pain. But if we can focus on what's within our control, then we can gain a sense of empowerment. We can regain our energy. We can reduce anxiety. So I would say that you are the writer of your own life story. I actually used to be a newspaper reporter. I did write a lot of stories about other people's lives. But what I didn't realize for many years was that I was writing the greatest story of all was the story of my own life. But I was writing not with a pen and paper or a laptop, um, but with every thought that went through my mind. And so I would want students to know that you have a choice in the thoughts that you think and that you can create your own life story in that way. So not only do you have to share the TEDx talk with your learners, but you need to share this podcast now with your learners. Did you get that audience? Like, so, and this is, again, this is why Marianne is on the podcast because she's doing this work with leaders across the country in education and business and government. And these are words that our learners need to hear, right? So as educators that are listening to this, one, you need to hear them, right? It's all about mindset we need to be saying these things to our learners because we, we think they should know this, right? But, but they need to hear it again and again and again. You have choice. You have power, right? And we use voice and choice in project-based learning. It's one of the things we want to give our learners. So, you know, this audience, 
you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir a little bit, right? Because they're looking to move this way. But again, we need that reminder, right? Like, hey, did you tell your learners that they've got a voice and they have a choice in this and it empowers them? That's a, that's a great message. I love that voice and choice, Ryan. I love that. Yeah, we, we, we try to bring that into the classrooms. So we say, hey, learners, you know, you've got, you've got a say in, in what's going on here. And, a lot, and so many portions of their life, they don't, right? So you're, we want to hear your voice. We want to get to know you. And then we're going to give you some choice in how you learn. Right. So these things, they, they empower us as adults, they empower the kids. So it's really exciting work. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, as kids, we're saying, you know, I can't because, you know, my parents are divorced right? or, you know, I have a single mom or we don't have any money or I'm not in the popular crowd. Like I can't, like I could never be in the junior Olympics because I haven't had private ballet lessons since I was five. Right. So, well, guess what? <laughs> You know, you can write that story with every thought that goes through your mind. Educators and education leaders are doing the same thing. They're saying, well, we, we don't have the funding. I don't have any control over policy. You know, what? look what the state's doing. Um, so it's, it's the same thing. There are those realities that are outside of our control, no question. But if we can shift our focus, right, it's, the, it's where we place our focus on those things that are within our control. That's when things really start to change. Yeah, great shift. Thank you for for clarifying that for us too. We're not denying that there are things that we can't change that should be changed, right? We're just making the empowered choice to focus in a positive place. Absolutely, because they're realities and, and we need to look at them. So it's definitely not saying, you know, put my head in the sand like an ostrich. No, we need to look at it. But when you, the way you know when you're out of balance is how you feel inside. Right. When you have so much anxiety and so much worry, right, then it's time to use that as an alarm to check in and say, okay, where am I placing my focus? It's like driving, you know, down the freeway. You've got to look ahead, but you've got to bring your focus back to what's right in front of you as well. Got it. So our podcast audience asked for actionable steps. So we want two to three actionable steps. And if you're listening, you you might need to pull over for a little bit and like take some notes or, you know, come back to it if you're, if you're out running or something like that. But these are actionable steps, right? Like where you put your focus is a really important piece. Mm-hmm. Let's, yeah. let's shift if we can to, to leaders, right? So we've got educational leaders that are tuning in, principals, superintendents, coaches, really teacher leaders too. I struggle with defining leaders in education because they're, they're in the full spectrum. Right. Right. So Miriam, you, you work with all kinds of leaders, right? In education, but also CEOs, you work with mayors. So what do you think uh, would most benefit our educational leaders in this time of really just unprecedented change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I give two things? Yes, absolutely. So first is um, this concept of uh, to deal with change, um, the change curve, which is developed by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, your educator. Some of them might be familiar with her work, but it's really to have that understanding that There are very predictable patterns and behaviors that all of us earthlings go through when we experience any kind of change. And so it's very comparable to the five stages of grief, which was also developed by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and then later modified to say that when we experience change, we go into denial uh, and we might think it's not really going to happen to me. And then we move into a resistance. 
right? And, and, and that resistance could be anything from, from anger. It could even lead to depression and sadness. And then we start to come out of that. And we start to go into an exploration phase where we say, okay, well, maybe there is, we sort of have an acceptance, like, okay, I get it. This is a reality. And then we start to go into this uh, commitment uh, or exploration. We start to come up the other side. If we think of a curve where we're just going downhill, and then we start to come up to re-energize. And the reason I, I like to identify this as a tool is because it helps you recognize what's going on with you. Uh, and then you can make decisions from a higher place rather than reactions that may not be the best. And you can teach this to whoever it is you're leading. And you can help to recognize what's going on with other people to help them move through the curve. And you know then that there is uh, an ending coming up the other side. That's a really valuable tool. I agree. And I'm, yeah, I've actually seen you use this. It makes a lot of sense to educators and I know my principals that are listening right now, you know, you don't have to, if you're on the Peloton, but you know, raise your hand if you have, you know, a resistant teacher somewhere on your staff, right. And, and every hand would go up. And I like this tool because we're not labeling that person, right. And sticking them statically and resistant, right. They're on this curve and they're going on a journey and it lets us help. We can now understand them a little better. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. And here's the thing. We know that these are predictable patterns that we all go through. What's not predictable is how long someone stays in one of those phases. They're also not linear. You may, someone may seem like, ah, they're kind of getting it. They're kind of accepting. And then the next day, you know, they're all ticked off again. They're frustrated. Um, but again, just knowing it's, it's not linear. Uh, we don't know exactly. Unfortunately, we can't say, Week one, you're in denial. Week two, you're in resistance. And by week four, you've come out the other side. But we do know that if you you can understand that, then you can help them move through. So I think that's a great tool. I love that. And you said you had a second thing as well? Yeah. The other thing I really like, and it's so fun and simple, and this is, you can teach this all the way down to your first grade kids, is what I call the Grow Your Control Worksheet. And I'll, and I'll give you a link to that if, if you want it, Ryan, if you want to share that. Absolutely. We'll put it in the show notes. Yep. Yeah. It, it's simply saying, hey, when you're in this place where you're just feeling frustrated and you're, you're feeling anxious and, and overwhelmed, is make uh, I take a sheet of paper and draw a line down the middle with two columns. And on one, label it out of control and the other column in control. And then just start listing all those things that feel out of your control to get it out of your head because it circles, it circles, you know, it's like a pinball machine in there sometimes. So you just get all those out and then move over to the other column and start writing everything that's in your control. And, and it's challenging. I've done this with leaders and, you know, they might spit out one or two, but I really just kind of push a little bit. Um, the more you can start to fill out that second column. You can almost immediately in the moment feel uh, the energy start to return. Just even physically, everything starts to change. So it's a really powerful and simple tool. Well, and I think based on our our conversation just earlier in this podcast, it'd be like, there's some policy that's out of control. But on this other side, my mindset, I can control my thoughts, right? If I take those captive, is that how, how it works? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And then once you start thinking of that, then you can think of, you know, the next thing starts to come and the next thing starts to come because it, it, it sort of has this, this interaction where once you start to feel a sense of relief, it opens up your ability, I mean, to start thinking of more things because we're wired biologically when our brains go into fight or flight mode which is what's happening when we're anxious and overwhelmed, the part of our brain responsible for problem solving, creative thinking, critical thinking skills, it shuts down, right? It biologically shuts down. It isn't able to work because our, bio- our biological responses, I need to just focus on, do I fight or do I flee? So as you start to feel control, more control, you start to feel better. As you feel better, you think of more ideas, the critical thinking skills come back, the problem solving comes back. Yep. And I mean, this is going to happen throughout the podcast as we interview these exciting guests that are, that are bringing us these great insights, uh, like Marianne are. But again, it, it works at the leader level, it works at the teacher level, right? It works at the, the learner level, right? If you have learners that are resistant to some change, like bring them back, show them what they do have control over, right? Give them some space, and then we can start to innovate and, and move again, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and absolutely, I was, you know, cascade this all the way down, you know, to that student who says, it's not fair that I didn't make the soccer team, right? The coach is a jerk and, you know, life isn't fair. And, you know, you can teach them that they can come back and work even harder and try out next year, or now they're going to just try something else that they're really, really suited for, but just really helping them to kind of rewrite and reframe the way they think. Yeah, this is so good. We could spend a lot of time on mindset. We should, we're going to have to collaborate and bring something again back to the audience in some form. Cause I really think this mindset, like the more we talk it out and flesh this out of, you know, leader, teacher, learner, it's just this universal truth, right? That's out there that brings engagement and empowerment to all these levels. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Marianne, what, what's next for you? Like you, you've hit the TEDx stage, you know, you've got some pretty high profile, some leadership coaching that you're doing. What's the next big goal for you? Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm planning this year to do more work with educators, uh, is it both with education leaders as well as students. Um, and so we didn't get into it here, but I've also got a personal uh, story of how I battled um, some mental health issues from age 11. Um, and so some stories that really resonate with educators and students. And so I want to do more um, speaking this year um, with school uh, leadership, education leader associations, as well as school districts, uh, assemblies, and, and some planning meetings and, and the like. So I'm really looking forward to that. I love that you're going to broaden your audience because keynotes is is part of your, that's part of your area of influence, right? Like whether it's business or government or education, I love that you're going to take that gift that you have and then bring that all the way down to our learners again. That's, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to that. I, I did a couple of years ago, I did something for one of the high schools here for women's history month. And, um, I've just really been thinking about that. It was really powerful and the kids really responded to that. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, they're going to love that story. So, Miriam, we're going to link tools down in the show notes. We didn't get to talk about your book because we were looking at the TEDx piece, uh, but I encourage this audience to, especially our leadership teams, to, to read broadly, right? Not just, 
you know, this is how you differentiate the learning, you know, not just a book like mine, like PBL Simplified, where it's in the, the school setting, but also kind of broadly, because again, these mindset pieces, they apply in so many different areas. So I mean, maybe we'll have to have you back on for the book, but we're going to link that as well. But how can folks get a hold of you? Yeah. So if you, you can find me at my website, MarianneRenner.com. If you backslash control, and I think you'll put that in the show notes, you can uh, download my the Grow Your Control worksheet. Um, and if you do that, you'll stay connected with me. Um, I'll, you'll hear from me uh, once a week with more tools like this, more tips, more mindset um, and success uh, tools for you, education leaders, as well as all the way down through students. A lot of this applies. It's just human, human stuff. So... It's good stuff. I get that email in my inbox every week. So again, audience, I would encourage you. We'll put it in the show notes to make it easy for you. Just go down there and click uh, so you can stay connected to more of this great content. Marianne, thanks for being on with us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, it was my pleasure, Ryan. Thank you so much. Be sure to share these resources that you're getting from Marianne with your learners. Both the TEDx talk that's going to come out, the, the link is in the show notes so you can get the end of that story. You're going to love the end of that story and your learners are going to relate to the end of that story. They need to hear these mindset pieces. They need to hear it again and again. Because sometimes we'll say, well, yeah, I, I've said that to my learners. I've told them that they have new opportunities and they're awesome, that they're they're perfect just the way they are and they can be even better though and they can fulfill their dreams. I did that on, on day one. But you also need, need to do it on day three, five, 105, 165. They need to hear it again and again because they're constantly given this message that they're not important, that they don't have choices, and then they just become passive. So you need to hear this, these mindset terms again and again. And Marianne's TED Talk will definitely help that conversation. And then we're also going to put that worksheet in there. But what is it that you can focus on and have those things grow? So if this mindset talk really worked for you, I would encourage you again to check out the three-day workshops that we have at Magnify Learning. We've got a PBL Jumpstart if you're just jumping in. If you've been to a Jumpstart, we've got PBL Advanced. And we actually go all the way to PBL Certification where you can become a PBL Certified Facilitator. And really, each one of those, we're really looking at mindset, right? The resources are there. How do we get your mindset in the place where you are creating learner-centered environments so that you can go out to engage learners, tackle boredom, and transform classrooms? <music>